0: Jehovah Elohim, our Father in heaven, we have come to you this morning. We have come to Mount Zion, the city of refuge. We have come to Elohim. Speak your word to us, Father. Let our lives be refreshed. Let our souls be comforted. Give us, O oh God, knowledge, O oh God, and how to maintain our relationships and our marriages and our families, oh God, together. Open up our minds of understanding, O oh God, and speak forth your word in season. Let your word, O oh God, profit us in the mighty name of Jesus. Let anyone who came here with any sorrow, let anyone who came here with any sickness, let anyone who came here, O oh God, with any pain, let them depart, O oh God, as your word comes forth. In the mighty name of oh Jesus. Thank you, Heavenly Father. In Jesus' mighty name, pray with given. Amen. Let's kindly be seated. Let's kindly be seated. Have faith in God. His own is throne. Have faith in God. He watches over his own. He never fails. Can I have the verse projected? He he must prevail. Have faith in God. Have faith in. Oh, let's sing together. Have faith in God. He's on his throne. Have faith in God. He watches over his own. He cannot fail, he must prevail, have faith in God, have faith, one more time, have faith in God, his own is strong, have faith in God, he watches over his own, he cannot fail, he must prevail, have faith in God. Have faith. Hallelujah, somebody. Glory to God. This is not my sermon, but listen, whatever that is happening around us is a signs of the end times. They are betting pains. Hallelujah. So what we are seeing, it will not harm us, but it should cause us to wise up. Hallelujah. But tell you what, we will all be safe in the name of Jesus. I said we will all be safe in the name of Jesus. Just as God kept the Israelites when he visited Egypt, he will keep Christ's members safe in the mighty name of Jesus. Hallelujah. I want to say a big thank you to my father for such a great honor and privilege to share the word of God to you this morning. I am continuing from where I left off last Sunday. It's our month of the family. And the last Sunday, I began by talking about the things that destroys marriages, the things that destroys relationships, the things that destroys homes or families. And last week, I actually took my time to talk about character, a bad character, and how it destroys families. It destroys, it destroys homes. God, God loves families. God, and God is happy when people are together. I mean. Couples live together peacefully. God is happy. It's, it glorifies Him. But most of the time, most of the frustrations of married couples in marriage today has to do with who they are married to, their character, and their attitude. A lot of people get married and the later they say that my husband or my wife has changed. I don't know you anymore. What happened to him? He's not a man I married. He's not the woman I am married. I regret marrying you and all kinds of things. But the question is, if you did not know the person, how come you married that person? So you married a person because you have some knowledge about the person. Hallelujah. Amen. You have a little knowledge about the person. Amen. So the second thing I want to talk about is the second thing that destroys families or destroys relationships and destroys homes or families or marriages, it's lack of knowledge. Lack of knowledge. Hosea 4 verse 6, that's just for the first part. Hosea 4 verse 6. It said, my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. Because you have rejected knowledge, I have also rejected you from being priest for me. Most people find it difficult to live with their spouses or enjoy their marriages because they lack knowledge of their partner. Many think that they know their partner so well. I know the person I have married. I know the person I am going out with. I know a person so well. So we don't, and because of our lack of knowledge of how the person is like, their way of thinking, their way of behaving, all that, it affects our relationship with them. Because we have the mindset that we know the person. But this morning, I want to tell you that you can never know a person very well. You can live with somebody for 20 years and 30 years and still not know that person very, very well. Some people get married and said my my husband has changed. My my wife has changed. People don't just change. Hallelujah. Amen. 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 Lack of knowledge oftentimes brings about assumptions. Assumption is something you have concluded or something you are convinced of. Or something you have made up your mind about or you have accepted as true. Meanwhile, that thing is not true. Hallelujah. Amen. So for example, your husband comes back from work and your husband is a bit distant from you. He comes back from work and he's a bit angry. And you think that you are the cause, you are the reason why he's angry. So you start also behaving somewhat towards the person. But you might not know what is actually behind your behavior. Are you getting me? Hallelujah. Oftentimes, assumptions breaks up a lot of marriages. We don't allow people the chance to prove themselves or justify themselves. And whatever we have thought about them, based on our knowledge about them, it affects our relationship with them. Maybe what you are thinking may not be it. Hallelujah, somebody. So we lack what? Knowledge. But this morning, I see God giving us grace to understand our spouses. Hallelujah. Understand that it is only God who truly knows a person. It is only God who can truly know a person. Jeremiah 1, verse 5 to 7. It is only God. It is only God. Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I sanctified you. I ordained you a prophet to the nations. Before I formed, it's God who formed a person. Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. It is only God that can really know a person. Hallelujah. So it is only God who can show us how to live with our pastors peacefully. No matter their behavior or character. It is only God. The little knowledge we have about them. Cannot help us in our marriage. I have lived with my husband for almost 18 years now, but as up until recently, then I realized that he's somebody who doesn't like talking too much. When you complain too much, he gets upset. But I have lived with him for all these years, I did not realize that. So, you can live with somebody and not really know the person, no matter how long you've been dating, no matter how long you've married a person. Am I talking to somebody? Yes. Glory to God. Amen. 1st Samuel 25, verse 25. There's a woman in the Bible called Abigail. Abigail was married to somebody they call a fool, Nabal, but the name Nabal means a fool. He said that, the Bible said that, look, look at what Abigail Abi said. said that, Please, let not my Lord regard this scoundrel, Nabal, for as his name is, so is he. Nabal is his name, and fully is with him. So Abigail knew the kind of woman, the man he was married to. Hallelujah. Amen. He knew the kind of person that, but question is, how come Abigail knew that he was married to a fool and still was able to live with a fool? Hallelujah. Amen. Abigail had knowledge. Abigail knew how to live with Nabal. Listen, let me tell you something. No matter how your spouse is, we serve a God who gives us wisdom to know how to live with them. Hallelujah. Amen. Abigail knew when to, when to talk to Nabao. She knew why not to talk to Nabal. When Nabal was drinking, was in a happy mood and was fooling and all that. She did not go to approach Nabal. Because she had learned through knowledge that when the man is in that mood. And you go to him, he will display his folly. So the Bible says that Abigail waited the next morning. When the drink was a bit out of him and the man was sober. And then he went and talked to him. And the man was in shock. Of how stupid he has been. Some of us, we lack knowledge. The frustrations you are going through in our marriages is because we lack knowledge. And we lack knowledge because we think we know. And when you think you know, you can't learn more. Hallelujah, somebody. Do not think you know each other so well. Because the thing is that our parents will give birth to us. They don't even know us. Our parents don't know us very well. We don't even know our children very well. And we ourselves, no, we don't even really know ourselves very well. Am I talking to somebody? Sometimes, they judge us from our upbringing. Because when you were growing up, the kind of things they knew about you when you were growing, that mindset frames your mind. When you grow up and you are living different, they still judge you by your youth. Maybe how you were growing up is not the same person you are now. So sometimes my mother would say that, oh, if you are afraid you. When I was growing up, I used to have very short memory. But Efe now, she's so sharp in memory. Ask me things about last two years, ten years, I'll tell you, I'll give you the date. But mother will always said that, oh Efe, she always forget things. But that's not me again. So our parents don't even know us. We don't even know our children very well. And we ourselves, we don't even know ourselves very well. How can can you say that you know your spouse so well? Proverbs 18 verse 15. No matter how difficult your spouse is, no matter how frustrated you are in your marriage, I see God resting you in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. He said, so The heart of the prudent, the word prudent means wise, acquires knowledge and the ears of the wise seeks knowledge. The eyes, the heart of the prudent acquires knowledge. So it means that if you are married, you must always endeavor to know more about your spouse. You must endeavor to know more about who you are with. If you don't endeavor to know more about a person, you don't know how to live with a person. Hallelujah. Bible says in Psalm 133 verse 1, it said, Behold, how good and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. If you look at this verse carefully, God is saying that, it says how good. The word how makes it it, makes it, it takes an effort to live with a person. It says how good it means that it takes an effort to know how to live with a person. It means that it is not easy to live with another person. It takes knowledge to live with another person. And once you make that effort to live with a person, it becomes a good and pleasant thing in the eyes of God. Look at the verse. Look at the verse 3. Look at the verse 3. It is like the dew of Hermon descending upon the mountains of Zion. For there, after making the effort to live with a person, for there, God commanded the blessings. Life forevermore. This morning I see God commanding blessings upon your marriage. I said this morning I see God commanding blessings upon your marriage, upon your family, upon your children, upon your career, upon all that concerns your life in the name of Jesus. I see God giving you the grace to make an effort Amen. in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. So I want to talk to you about try to find out the reason. There's a reason why people behave the way they do. Okay, try to find out the reason. And understand, try to find out and understand the reason for their behaviors and actions. People don't just change, there are things that trigger their attitudes. You have married a person, the person is not exhibiting some attitudes, and you are upset, you are angry with the person. But there are things that fuels or instigates their actions, their behavior. Try to understand the reason why they are behaving, what the way they are behaving. Why are they behaving like that? Most of us we don't find out the reason because we think we know them so well. Understand that people don't just change. There are many factors that affect the way a person thinks and behaves. And the factors are their environment, the people they associate with, and circumstances they find themselves in. People don't just change. Their behaviors are fueled or affected by their environment, by who they come into contact with or associate with, and circumstances they find themselves in. So when your past behaving in a way you don't understand, know that there's something that is triggering their behavior. I want to talk to you this morning about the triggers, some of the triggers that cause people to behave some way. Hallelujah. Amen. Number one is inability to handle stress. Some people naturally cannot handle stress. Naturally, they can't take it when they're going through a lot of stress. I mean, in their workplace, I mean, in homes and everything, they find it very, very difficult. If you can imagine when somebody is going through stress at work, their work has become so demanding. And family is demanding on them for financial support. And their wife and children are also demanding on them for help and everything. So they find themselves torn apart or torn in between three circumstances. Work is so tight. Money is not coming. they are so demand everywhere and the stress begins to affect them. It affects the way they relate to their spouses. Oftentimes, it is said that women are able to handle stress more than men. Because naturally, we are double-taxed. A woman can have a child at the back. Cook. Wash. Do this. When a child is crying, she will stop. She will wait, leave that thing for, a, for your husband for just one hour. And see if they will not start calling you. Talk, Corbina, Kabrina, Take care of Kojo. For just one, two hours, I am going to the market and come back and see how many times he will call you. Where Where are you Because they cannot handle stress. But sometimes, as women, we expect them to behave the way we are. It cannot be so. Some men are able to handle stress. When a child is crying for so long and you leave, they begin to become, they begin to get very angry. They can't handle stress. But women, we are able to. What do you do when your spouse is not able to handle stress? Let me emphasize that a lot of stress or prolonged stress leads to depression. Depression affects the person psychologically and health-wise. I mean, it affects the person. The person begins to get sick. It's not because they are sick. It's depression. And depression doesn't come around just like that. It's a prolonged thing that has been going on for a long, long time. So it begins to affect their health. So how do you assess your spouse when it's good, when it's not able to handle stress? Some of us, your mind, you don't know that your husband is not able to handle stress. Or your wife is not able to handle stress. You don't know. So when they are behaving some way, we get angry at them. But you don't know the root cause for their actions. What, what do I do? Give all the necessary support and encouragement. Help the person out in the little way that you cannot help them out. Take on some more responsibilities to help the person out through that period of stress. Avoid stressing them more at home when the person comes home. Let your spouse feel more comfortable and then feel happy and relaxed at home. I don't know how many wives, when your husband comes back home, you, you must sag their feet and then we we'll say, Hallelujah, amen. But it helps a lot to help the husbands to, to release or your wife to even relax. I mean, when they get home, help the person. Am I preaching to somebody? Amen. Let the person feel more comfortable at home when the person comes home. No matter the stress they went through at their workplace, let the person feel comfortable at home. Hallelujah. Amen. Especially in your bedroom. Make the bedroom very, very comfortable. Nice bed sheets laid up very, very well. The person can relax and feel comfortable. Sometimes it's not just what you say, but even their atmosphere helps the person to relax. Number two, evil associations. Some of the triggers that affect people's behavior. And they begin to behave some way. Evil associations. First Corinthians 15 verse 33. Evil associations. Let me tell you something. Watch it carefully who your spouse, spouse, friends are. Watch it carefully who your wife's friends are. First Corinthians fifteen thirty three. Find out who your friends are. Hallelujah. It said, do not be deceived evil company corrupts good habits do not be deceived whoever you are going out with who are their friends they influence the person positively or negatively when you find out that your, your husband or your wife is moving up with with some friends that are, are negative influence let me tell you something draw the person's uh, mind to it Sometimes when you draw their mind to it, they might not listen to you. Begin to point out negative things about the person, about their friends. When you try it and it's not working, pray them away. Hallelujah. And then lastly, be hostile to their friends. I'm telling you. They will not go. If the person you're married to, if the person you're going out with is moving with some friends who are negative associations, they will end up influencing their thinking and behavior. And you become the corporate in your own house. The victim of their, of, of, of their, of their, of, of their influence. Hallelujah, somebody. Amen. Amen. Number three. Some people also change because of enviness or jealousy. A typical example is Saul. first Samuel 18 verse 7. Saul was a good man. But Saul changed because of the progress of David. Bible says that, so the women sang as they danced, and they said, Saul has slain thousands, and David has ten thousands. Look at the verse 8. Then Saul was very angry, and the saying displeased him, and he said, they have ascribed to David ten thousands, and to me they have ascribed only thousands. Now what more can he have but the kingdom? Some people feel intimidated when their friends or even their spouse are doing well. Some people, yeah, their, their friends go to buy a car or be, buys a house or is able to travel abroad. And they are happy for the person, but all of a sudden they become some way that ah, why is that I finished school with Jonathan? We all uh, were employed in the same job. Now he was promoted. I was not promoted. Now Jonathan has gone to buy a house. Now Jonathan has traveling abroad. I'm still like that. Then they become so sad. They are happy for that person, but their progress or success begins to intimidate them. And when it happens like that, they can't voice it out to people. Mm-hmm. "Hey, they will say sometimes that, "Hey, the way?"." Hmm. Hmm. And then when you say one, or, one, one time or twice, and the letter becomes quiet, their behavior begins to change towards their spouses. They become sad. When you see it like that, encourage your spouse in the word of God. Keep on encouraging the person in the word of God. Assure them that with the promise of God, that that is not how your life will always be. Your life is going to change. God's time is always the best. That is why as a spouse, you must be word based. Because you need the word to encourage your partner in times when they need it. This morning, I see God releasing grace upon us. In the mighty name of Jesus. When your your spouse feels down or is unhappy, encourage the person. Don't be somebody who who influences the person. Go and do something so that you push the person to go and do negative things. Don't be like like that. Encourage the person in the word of God. Hallelujah. And appreciate them for whatever they do. appreciate them. They're doing very well. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. And it's says a case of some 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 husbands or some wives. Sometimes last week Sunday, somebody was telling me that so we were hitting so much on the on on, on us the men are saying that and So today I'll not mention the men. Hallelujah. Amen. So there are some spouses when they see that their spouses are doing well, their wife or, or or husband is doing very well, sometimes they become intimidated. Please am I am I am I speaking the truth? Yeah, sometimes they they feel intimidated. They think that your success intimidates me. When you see it like that, listen, encourage the person that success is for both of you. Get your spouse involved in whatever they do. Let them feel part of your success. Hallelujah. Amen. 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 Sometimes, number four, it's inferiority complex or a feeling of general inadequacy or caused by perception. They think that they are not doing well. Or to to bring it down, so they, they feel they look down upon themselves, and oftentimes when people begins to feel down or look down upon themselves, they begin to begin to become very aggressive. They become they become very most time when it's the man, they become very authoritative. They try to be very aggressive. They try to overshadow you because they feel intimidated by your success. Hallelujah. Amen. 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 So in in when it's such things. Commend the person for whatever they do. Commend the person. Keep on encouraging the person. Okay. Hallelujah. The little that they do, they just commend them. They, 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 words of encouragement, just encourage, encourage them. Number five, confusion. Some of the triggers that cause people to change, confusion. Some people are not able to. Ha- they, they are not able to um, um, take certain decisions. They are not able to make decisions, or they are not able to conclude on something. They are confused as to what mm-hmm. to do. They can't decide, they are, I don't know how to put it, but the person is kind of confused. They, they can't make a decision, they are just, they, are, they, are, they don't know what to do. I mean, sometimes when some, some spouse are like that, they, they begin they to re- become resentful. Hallelujah. They become very, very resentful. They don't want to be around the person. When you see your spouse like that, please don't fight the person. The person needs your support. It needs your help. That's a way of of try to help them with their decision. Or oh, what? How, how about we do it like this way? How about we do it this way? What, 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 what do you think? Suggest things that will help them to make a decision. Hallelujah. Amen. So try to offer assistance. And number six, sometimes to sickness and tiredness can cause people to go into a, have mood swings. Sickness. Hallelujah. Amen. Yeah, sometimes there are people, sometimes in the world, they oftentimes have mood swings. They are they they, they can't, they just go off. They can't be nice to people. Sometimes they are they are some way, you know. Sometimes we blame it the time of but there are triggers to it. It could be that a person is unhappy, it could be that a person is sick. If it's a woman, when they're in a menstrual, they are menstrual cycle, they get moody they, they are some way. You must try to know their spouse, the reason why they're behaving the way they're behaving. Hallelujah. So, I, I mean, those times I used to say that, you know, if he starts playing the drums, I'll start dancing. When you go into a mood, I'll start dancing to your, to your tune. Because once you are in a mood, I also go off. Your husband is in the mood. Your wife is in the mood. Instead of fighting, finding out why he's in the mood, you begin to fight them. Son or t- He's always going to a mood. But there's a reason for their actions. Why is he behaving like that? Why is she behaving like that? Find out. It could be that they are not well. Hallelujah. And then when you find out the person is not well, I mean, give him TLC. Tell somebody, give your spouse TLC you know what else is? Tender, loving care. Give him all the attention. Give him all the support. Give him all the help. All the attention. All the love. All the care. Hallelujah. Amen. I see God releasing grace upon us. Amen. In the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Number seven is infidelity. One When your spouse begins to cheat on you. I begin to I mean, look elsewhere. There are, there are so many things that cause people to be unfaithful in their marriages. I'm telling you. Evil associations are one. Number two is discontentment. Or need for more attention. Or they are not satisfied sexually. Or their sex life is so boring. You always one way. Nah, you don't change styles. You're just one way. Nah, they be ah, whoom, 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 like that. They want to be more adventurous. You're not giving to the person. So they begin to look outside sometimes even the way you keep yourself in the house how you handle yourself the panties you wear the braziers you wear the shirt that they, the shirts you wear i mean sometimes there are some men the women that we want you to touch them hallelujah i mean these are facts i mean i mean these are these are things that i oftentimes affect let me tell you something i know how many times we change our panties I don't know how many times you change your 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 your, bo- your boxes and, and your beads. I don't know how many times. How can you wear the same pants, the same b- b- brazier for one year, three months, one year, six months, the same thing, and <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen and they go out there and they see a young slave king, or slave queen and the girl, when the girl removes herself the kind of thing the girl is wearing like wow, hallelujah somebody, Amen. I said hallelujah somebody, Amen. tell the them person, please change your panties often don't wear the same thing over and over again let me tell you something, sometimes when you are traveling, you are going for a funeral, you go and buy new panties who are the funeral going to see Hallelujah! Who at the funeral is going to see your underwear? Those past you are living the same house, you are making him to see the old things. But when you are traveling, you change. When you get home, I see God giving His grace upon you yeah. to throw away all the old panties, all the old boxes, in the name of Jesus. Yeah. If you cannot, you see I me was, because Corona, but but go to Makala, you get this china, a uh, good boxes, nice one, nice one. Dresses, clothes, you, you get some uh, to do. If you don't know, come here, I'll show you what to get some to buy. Hallelujah. Amen. I said Hallelujah, somebody. Amen. And and make the effort to satisfy your spouse in bed. I mean, be very, very it, it, There's nothing wrong if you are the woman, you know, going after your man. There's nothing wrong with it. It don't be a woman who's always expecting your husband, wife, your husband to chase you. No, 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 no. Then times have changed. Go after them. Make advances to him. Hallelujah. Amen. Bible says that uh, in Second Kings eleven verse two. Let's be mindful about our appearance. I'm telling you. Bible says in First Samuel sixteen verse seven. It says God looks at the heart. So if God looks at the heart, it means a man looks at what? The outward appearance. Appearance is very, very important. Some people, you are married, but when you get married, before you got married, you care so much about your appearance. When you get married, dress anyhow in the house, you don't care. Even in the house, I wear shorts. Come to my house and see. I wear hot shorts. Amen. The men, when they see they like it too. So in the house, I mean, don't wear it out, but in the house, I mean, wear hot things. Let him see it. One thing I like about my husband is that when he goes to cut cat, he says, I do I feel you. No, that he's looking even slimmer. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Some of us, we, we, we eat and so, you become you, so flabby. You don't take care of yourself. You just look so big because you are married. Hallelujah. Please, exercise to keep fit. Don't eat banku Always eating bangku. Please, just check what you eat. Always make sure you're looking good, attractive. When they give birth, you can't have the same body again. But at least, look at Marlinda. From and I just shift your eyes small to pastor. <laughs> <laughs> Hallelujah. Ha, I, I mean, he's leading by example. What's Amen. Somebody, don't be a man you eats late in the night, and your time becomes. Your time becomes big. Your wife doesn't like it. She can't talk about it. When you are making love to her, like, all she feels is your
1: stomach.
0: Makele <laughs> <laughs> ina. Are we here? Hallelujah, somebody. Yeah. And we here. And stop giving your husband food in the evening, late in the night, but uncool, nine o'clock. Stop it. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Bible said that David was bored, he was in the house, and he was bored. He was bored. So because of boredom, Bible said that he left his palace and was walking on the roof. And then saw a naked woman bathing. i mean, a woman, a beautiful woman bathing. And David, he, didn't, he don't have an intent of... He, he didn't go out with that intent. But because of boredom, David ended up sleeping with somebody's wife. I mean, And he up the, 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 the husband of that woman, Bathsheba. Second Samuel 11 verse, I think I made the first skins. Second Samuel 11 too. Hallelujah. He ended up, he, he, he did not have an intent. Let me tell you, that some, the boredom can cause spouses to cheat. Boredom. You don't go out with your spouse let me take you out for dinner. Abna, today let, let's go out. I mean, sometimes sometimes life can be boring. You know? Church, work, home, church, work, home, church, work, home. Oh, well, yeah, no, I bored. Sometimes people want a little pleasure and they end up cheating on their spouses. Please, the things you used to do before you got married, when you get married, continue doing them. Let me tell you, sometimes take a weekend away. Go somewhere with your spouse. I mean, quietly. Go on a second honeymoon. Sometimes it helps a lot in marriages. It helps a lot. Get someone to take care of their kids and take some time away sometimes. Hallelujah. Amen. Try to be together because it helps you to bond. Amen. Amen. Boredom causes people to become unfaithful to their spouses. And sometimes feeling of, of not being loved. Sometimes if, to get the women will make the, uh, uh, our children to take. You know, men will always be men. Whether you have children or you don't have children, they still want the same attention. Amen. Sometimes we, the children begin to come in and, and, and you give all the attention to the child. The same way the, the, the child is sucking, the want to also want to suck. to yes. suck. <laughs> I have not given back to to, to, to to boys before, but I know that the boys, they sack more than the girls. Please, if he wants to sack, let him sack. Um, these are practical teachings. Let's say, hey. Hey, <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> these are the things. Sometimes we don't hear it in the church, and it ends up breaking separation in families. Hallelujah. And last thing is number lack of money. My husband was telling me that. You, when you don't have money, then your attitude begins to change. <laughs> The when their mood begins to change when they don't have money. I like that. I am one of them. Hey. Hallelujah. May God release grace upon us, not to be affected by money. Whether you have money or don't have money, your mood will not change. Your attitude will not change. In the name of Jesus, Hallelujah. So when you see a pastors getting a little, a little some way because they don't have money, try try and assess the person. Hallelujah. All these triggers can cause people to change. When our so husband is not being responsible, they are, they are triggers. There's a reason why he's behaving like. You. Find out. Hallelujah. Because the lack of understanding would affect the way we relate to them, and it will affect our marriages. Hallelujah. The second thing, under still lack of knowledge is that identify the strength and weakness of your spouse. Identify the strength. Lack of knowledge. Identify the second thing is identify the strength and weakness of your spouse. Understand that God has not pair two of the same kind. Hallelujah. We are all different. But we all have something that will benefit both of us. Bible says in Genesis 2 verse 18. And I also read Genesis 11 verse 1 to 6. My time is almost up. So please kindly hurry up with me. Genesis 2 verse 18. Are you being blessed this morning, church? Glory to God. Identify their strength. Whoever you're going out with, identify their strength. What they are good at. What they are not good at and work together as a team, as a team. Some of us, they are good managers. You can manage money very well. Some of us, I mean, you you are so smart out there. Please work together as a team. Don't fight or feel intimidated by the strength of your spouse. God said, and the Lord God said, it is not good that man should be alone. I will make him a helper comparable to him. When God created Adam, God said that it was not good for Adam to be alone. So God created a woman which was Eve. Adam was a complete person but Adam still lacked something. Hallelujah. Amen. That is why when you see a man, he's flat chested. But when you see a woman, she has breasts. There's something that both of you have that can benefit both of you if you learn to work together as a team. For example, There are some men who don't know how to handle money. There are some men who waste money. And there are some women who are good at managing money. Whatever business they find themselves doing, they are profitable in it. So if you're a man like that, identify a woman who is very, very industrious. Invest in their business. Invest in the person. Work together as a team. Hallelujah. Because if you don't do that, you know, let me have Genesis 11, verse 6, verses 1. Look at, look at what. Now the whole earth had one language and one speech. And it came to pass as they journeyed from the east, that they found a plain in the land of Shinnah, and they dwelt there. Let's roll. Then they said to one another, come, let us make bricks and bake them thoroughly. They had brick for stone, and they had asphalt for mortar. Then they said, come, let us build ourselves a city and a tower whose top is in the heaven. Let us make a name for ourselves, lest we be scattered abroad above, above over the face of the whole earth. But the Lord came down to see the city and the tower which the sons of men had built. Look at verse 6, my last verse. And the Lord said, indeed, the people are one. They, ha- they all have one language and this is what they begin to do even though it was a bad thing look at what was said now now nothing they, that they propose to do will be, will be held from them hallelujah Amen. they have one language they, they were all not masons they were somewhere good at this they were somewhere good at that but they all came together and they worked as a team and god said this thing they are doing nothing shall be impossible for them Listen, as couples in the house, those who are dating have this mindset: marriage is teamwork. Come together as a team and work together. If you want to build a house, build it together. Whatever you are doing, do it together. Whatever you do separately, always separate you. Amen. Lastly, my time is up. I want to talk to you briefly about how to live peaceably with your spouse. Always ask God to help you to identify and understand your spouse. Always ask God to help you to identify and understand your spouse, the way they behave and why they behave the way they do. And ask for grace to live with a person. Don't have divorce on your mind. God hates divorce. Last Sunday, I said God instituted marriage. God did not institute divorce. It was man created. And whoever you are with, whoever you are married to, whatever challenge you are going through, let's say I see God visiting you in your marriage in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. If God hates divorce and you ask him for grace, show me how to live with this person. Help me to understand, identify what's God them to behave like that. So give me the grace to live with that person. Why would God not give it to you? James 4 verse 6. How will God not give it to you? But he gives more grace. Therefore, he says, God resists the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. Ask God for grace. Ask God for grace. God, show me how. How? How to live with this person. began was able to live with a fool. Ask God for grace. God, show me how to live with my partner. God, show me. Help me to identify them. To identify their behaviors. Help me to understand them. Show me how to live with a person. Number two, let your life be affected influenced and guided by the word of God. Allow your life. I mean, it's, it's a blessing when you have a spouse who has humbled him or herself to the word of God. I mean, yeah. when I met my husband, I mean, he was one person who drew me to God. Yes. I came closer to God because of him. Now, never stop saying it. When I go and visit him at Lashibi, whenever you go there, he's listening to preaching on TV. Until he finishes preaching, he will not converse. He will listen to preaching. So, I am bound to listen to the preaching. One hour there and listen to the preaching quietly after begin to talk. Let your life be affected, influenced, and guided by the word of God. Proverbs 16, verse 7. Your obedience to the word of God will end up affecting your spouse, I'm telling you. Bible says, when a man's way pleases the Lord, he makes even his enemies to be at peace with him. One of my favorite verses. When a man's way pleases the Lord, he makes even his enemies. Listen, no matter how your spouse is like, when you make your ways to please the Lord by humbling yourself to the word of God, listen, he will cause your spouse to change. Your nagging will not change him. Your complaining will not change him. But your humility to the word of God will change him or her. That is the truth. Number three, find out from your spouse often what he or she doesn't like about you. I do that most of the time, especially when we, whenever we have our anniversary. I always ask my husband, what don't you like about me? What do you like about me? Hallelujah. And whatever their voice it out, please work on it and avoid doing things that brings the worst in them. Hallelujah. These are the things that help marriages to stand. Whatever your spouse is able to tell you that this thing that you keep on doing, I, I don't like it. Please, some of the things will be painful, but bitter heals heals. It saves marriages. It keeps homes together. It attracts the blessings of God. I'm telling you. So avoid doing things that displease your spouse. Number four, know when to talk and when not to. No one to get close and no, no one to give, give space. There are some times, there are some times that your spouse wants a little space. Sometimes they are nesting their thoughts. Maybe they are going through a lot. They, are, they, they, they can't voice it out. They are, they are in deep thoughts. When you see your husband is like that, your wife is like that, I'll give them a little space. When they finish nesting their thoughts and they want to share with you, they will share with you. When your spouse is in deep thoughts and you keep on like, complaining and always bothering them, then they begin to become some towards you. Am I, am, I, am I lying? So when you say that person is in deep thought, and they're going through, sometimes there are people who go through extended marital family issues. They're having issues with extended family. And then send me now, and Hallelujah. And it's advice not to do that. I mean, your extended family, your parents' issues, you can't always tell your spouse about it. So sometimes they're going through certain extended family issues. They can't talk about them. So When a person is in deep thoughts, give the person a little space. I mean, not say so to avoid the person, but allow them a little space to nest their thought. When they want to talk about it, they will talk about it. Hallelujah. Number five, love the person at their worst. When they are some way, when they are misbehaving, show them more love. Colossians three thirteen to fifteen, Bury one another and forgive one another. If anyone has a complaint against another, even ask Christ forgave you. So you must do. Hallelujah. Amen. And verse 14 says that, But above all these things, put on love, which is the bond of perfection. And let the peace of God rule in your hearts, to which also you were called in one body. And be thankful. Hallelujah. Amen. So when a spouse is misbehaving. Don't get angry with the person. Show the person more love. Hallelujah. Yes. Love the person with the love of God. It helps a lot in marriages. Number six very, very important. Apply wisdom in everything you do. Do not allow your spouse to take advantage of you. In everything you do, I mean, apply wisdom. In as much as you're supposed to help your spouse, there are some spouses that take advantage of your generosity. There are some men like that. They take advantage of you. They are married and they become irresponsible. Do not allow your spouse to take advantage of you. Practice wisdom in everything you do apply wisdom. And last but not the least, pray for your spouse all the time. Whatever challenge your spouse has, whatever thing they are battling with, whatever behaviors they have, please, when you go down on your knees, mention the person in prayer. The Bible says that even Isaac prayed for the wife. He prayed for Rebecca. Pray for your husband. Pray for your wife. James 5 verse 6. I see God visiting this church in different dimension. I said, I see God visiting this church. There will not be only release of marriages in this church this year. And I speak prophetically. There is going to be peace in marriages. Amen. Fruitfulness in marriages. Amen. In the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Hallelujah. I see God helping all of us. Amen. In the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Pray for your partner. Let's kindly be on our feet. And one thing I want to say to come to a close is that no one can change a person. But our way of responding to them can help them to change. Our way of responding to them can help them to change. Good attitude always affects or transforms lives. Hallelujah. This morning, I want us to lift up our voice and ask God for grace. The Bible says in Psalm 133 verse 1, how good and pleasant it is when brethren dwell together in unity. Say, Father, in the name of Jesus, grant me the grace to dwell with people. Those, anyone I am married to anyone I come into contact with grant me the grace to live peaceably with them in the mighty name of Jesus lift up your voice begin to pray give me the grace Lord give me the grace Lord put your right hand on your head say Father in the name of Jesus grant me the knowledge to know how to live with people to know how to live with my spouse. In the mighty name of Jesus, lift up your voice, begin to pray. God give me the knowledge. The knowledge, oh Lord, give me the grace, Lord. Most of our frustrations is because we lack knowledge, Lord. Lord, show us, show us, oh God. Oh, Keep
1: talking to God. Pray for yourself. Pray for your family. Pray for your relationships. The Lord will help us in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. As our eyes are closed, the greatest miracle, the greatest blessing the greatest union that can ever happen to you is to surrender your life to Christ. This morning, as you stand before the Lord, as all eyes are closed, I want those who are, you want to surrender your life to Jesus, You want Jesus to come into your life. Say, Lord, I want to surrender my life to you. I want to serve you. I want to follow you. Just lift up one hand wherever you are and I'll pray with you right I want Jesus to come into your life. Jesus, come into your heart to make your life better. To help you to do well in this life. So, as all eyes are closed. Just lift that one. hand As I pray with you right now. Glory to God. Thank you Jesus. 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 Please wherever you are. Just say after me. Say Father in the name of Jesus. Say Father in the name of Jesus. I thank you this morning. As I stand before you today. Help me. In my relationship. Help me in my marriage. In the name of Jesus, let me do well. In the name of Jesus. I decree, by the time this year is over, connect me, Lord, to my covenant partner. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. Now, in the name of Jesus, I pray for you. I ask that the Lord will visit you and turn things around for you. Every limitation over your life, over your destiny, over your relationship, over your marriage is broken in the name of Jesus. I decree that you will never fail. Your children will never fail. Any spell over your marital life, over your children concerning their marriages and their relationships are broken in the name of Jesus. Whatever that doesn't make marriages to work is broken over your life in the name of Jesus. Whatever that drives away people from you, your covenant partners from you are broken in the name of Jesus. This year we decree God's supernatural visitation over your life, in your marriages, in your relationship, in the name of Jesus. For it is not good for a man to be alone. Anybody that the Lord has ordained for your life is coming to you with speed. You shall enjoy your home, you shall enjoy your marriage, you shall enjoy your children in the name of Jesus. Whatever that is keeping the marriage of your children, I declare them broken today. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. Blessed be your name for your visitation. Thank you for the touch. And thank you for the change of story. In Jesus' holy name. Amen. Can we give a big, 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 big clap of one to the Lord.